Now, the program to help you and your family get fit and stay fit with a biblical foundation without a one-size-fits-all plan. It's Faith Family Fitness with your host, Full Armor Sports and National Champion Coach, Jason Lupo. All right, welcome to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Today we're adding that fourth F, freedom, as we discuss our local community races, in particular our mayoral race going on. So today on the show we have Lonjinos Gonzalez. Uh, He is the current county commissioner and is running for mayor. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on today. So we're going to have a conversation about uh, why this race is so important uh, in, in some of the critical issues surrounding our families, our youth, uh, our community in Colorado Springs. And I know that this race has had a ton of money pour into it. Uh, we are creeping up past the $1.5 million mark, closer to $2 million mark. Why is this race so important this year? Well, I think what we're seeing uh, with the uh, uh, term limit of uh, the, uh, the current mayor uh, being term limited, uh, what's the future of Colorado Springs going to look like? Uh, who's going to be the influencers? Who's going to uh, speak and advocate for our families, our youth, and our community? Uh, so it's a, a critical election uh, moving forward. Uh, I, I believe I've got that record as a county commissioner of being somebody who's advocated and been a voice for our families and our residents. Uh, and unfortunately, this race is really uh, coming down in for some. Uh, a lot of money is being brought in by just a handful of big developers in the community who uh, a lot of people and me included are concerned are just trying to buy this election. Uh, for one of their favored uh, uh, candidates. And it's a lot of money going in. Uh, We saw a $250,000 check from one entity to one uh, candidate. Uh, And so it's unfortunate. I I think uh, I'm just asking people to do their research, see who the best candidates are, but also look into the finances and and see who is largely or almost entirely being uh, funded by uh, uh, one or two big developers. I myself uh, have raised some money, but I'm probably uh, self-funding to the tune of about 80, 85% of my race. Uh, and, and I feel like it's worth doing because I want to make sure that we have an ideal and strong candidate for mayor uh, for our community. Yeah. And, and for the listeners out there, unlike the federal elections and some of the statewide races, all of the financial documents and all the information is actually on the Colorado Springs government website, uh, not Tracer and, and some of the other places we would look for those races. And in Colorado Springs and these municipal races, there are no contribution limits. That's correct, correct? That's correct. So one person could write a $100,000 check, uh, somebody, uh, a super PAC, and do, a, as I said, stated, a $250,000 check to one candidate. And unfortunately, because it's a super PAC, uh, none of the contributors to that PAC had to list their names. And so we have absolutely no idea. Well, although we, we know who is uh, sponsoring that pack, uh, there's one or two big developers that are sponsoring that. Uh, we don't know who the contributors are because uh, the, the way they've uh, structured themselves as a pack, uh, they, they do not have to disclose their donors. And so it's unfortunate that the people are hiding who they're supporting. Yeah. And, and that leads to the question of what do they want? I mean, obviously, if you're pouring that much money into the race, there's a little quid pro quo going on. There's an expectation that the person in particular that they're supporting is going to benefit their organization in some way, shape or form. Correct? Right. And so that's the concern that everybody has is, you know, what do they expect from this uh, investment into their race? Uh, and unfortunately, it's normally going to be uh, if there's a, a tough decision 
uh, on uh, some development that's going to encroach in uh, you know hundreds of units in a, a small uh, community, historical community within our our great city, uh, or uh, some big stadium or something that a developer wants. Uh, well, this mayor is likely going or likely will support uh, the developer over residents and uh, public input, and so it's the candidate they are supporting has already a history of that. He is voted yes, yes, yes over and over again to support developer uh, requests over resident concerns. And so we want somebody, uh, there's several of us, a couple of us, I believe I'm the best of those candidates who are willing to advocate and speak and listen for our residents. Uh, But again, that's why I'm asking people to do the research, see what's going on out there with the money. Yeah. And I, I think there's an important factor of as we continue to grow and build and as we continue to develop and add more and more people, there's a need for more public infrastructure that hasn't been put in place for a long time. I mean, Colorado Springs, when I moved here, what, 11, 12 years ago, was still a pretty small community. And over the course of 12 years, we've doubled, almost tripled in size since I've been here. Yeah, and I uh, I came here uh, I came here in 1988, uh, went to the Air Force Academy. And so, uh, you know, when I left in 92, uh, Powers Corridor had nothing. That's the road we got on just to go to the airport, to fly in and fly out. Uh, there was nothing there. And now that's becoming the main cor- <laughs> corridor uh, for a lot of the city uh, and all of the growth uh, th- between there and now Mark Shuffle. Uh, and so we're seeing, uh, as you just mentioned, you know, the doubling of the city. How are we going to grow smartly? Uh, and what we want to do is make sure we bring all the stakeholders together. Let's look, about, uh, look at issues related to water. Uh, growth, housing, uh, and make smart decisions uh, based on uh, community input uh, and all the information, not just on what one or two developers want. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we continue to grow, public safety becomes this growing concern. I mean, sometimes you turn on the news or you're getting these results about shootings going on. And at some time, some days you'd think you'd lived in Chicago. I mean, what are we going to do about the rising crime affecting our families? Yeah, and that's one of the things that I keep stating in all these uh, discussions and the debates and forums we've been having is government's number one job is public safety, keeping our residents, keeping our families safe. And so it is my number one priority, bringing down the rising uh, crime rates and making sure that we are safe in our homes and in our communities. Uh, and what we've needed to do and what we've seen just last year, a uh, 22% increase in homicides in Colorado Springs. Uh, we've seen the increased uh, uh, car thefts. Uh, we've seen fentanyl deaths uh, double a year over year uh, over the last couple of years and continue to increase in effect and, and, and kill, you know, harm and kill our youth and our families. And uh, so we need to address this. Some of the stuff we're seeing that makes it difficult is uh, over the last couple of years, we did see uh, locally and statewide uh, and nationwide uh, a reluctance of uh, law enforcement to remain in the career field or to join the career field because some of some backlash, the, the, as we saw across the country, uh, to law enforcement. Well, we should be supporting our law enforcement, our sheriff's deputies, our state patrol, our, our local uh, police officers. We need to support them and know that, that we support them. And so uh, I want to make sure that we come together, have some community forums uh, as a, uh, as uh, hopefully the, the next mayor bring uh, uh, have town halls. Uh, the current mayor has never had a town hall with just the people. Talk to the people, bring us together, bring our law enforcement people and let them know that they have our support and then let's properly fund them, train them and make sure they have the equipment they need to that so that they can go out and make sure our streets are safe and our youth are safe. And so I'm, I'm dedicated to doing that. Uh, the other concern uh, with the law enforcement, not just the homicide rates and, and some of the threats and uh, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, fentanyl deaths and drug overdoses, uh, we saw uh, the last uh Police chief acknowledged that there was call response times were inadequate and dropped calls 
concerns. And so we need to fix that, whether it's a training issue, manning issue, get us backed up with authorized drinks uh, or software hardware. We need to identify what that issue is and fix it. And so I'm going to make sure we do that because it is going to be my number one priority for our community. Yeah. So we talk about increasing public safety. How do you increase public safety and yet still advocate for small government or still put small government in place while you're still reaching the hand of, you know, public safety or the public safety sector uh, further and deeper to solve some of these crime issues? Sure. And so uh, it goes back to when when I say I support limited government, I do support limited government. And that just means that we need to uh, fund the projects that are priorities for government. Government has you know, actually very few primary things. Public safety is the number one, right? Land use and land management, uh, like the parks, uh, and then uh, approving or denying land use items, uh, development, et cetera, water, uh, and then uh, some health issues, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, as we have development, that we have clean water, and then the city does have utilities, its own uh, city-owned utilities. Uh, and so uh, not all governments have utilities, Colorado Springs does as part of their charter. Uh, so uh, we just need to make sure that when we look at a budget that's grown 36% just since 2019 for Colorado Springs, there's money there to provide additional funds to prioritize area. If we look, make sure we uh, find the areas of excess and waste and then put those to areas that are most important for our community. Again, that's going to be our public safety, fighting crime, our roads and infrastructure. If we get back to the basics, there's going to be plenty of money to get address those growing needs and concerns. we got to fix the roads. we got to get our public safety and our crime in check. Yeah, so, I mean, you brought it up. You brought up utilities. We have this uh, crazy rising cost in utilities right now. Um, a lot of controversy over whether or not Drake should have been shut down. What is what is the plan? I mean, it it's, doesn't seem like the rest of the country's utility rates rose at nearly the same rate as Colorado Springs did. What's the plan to solve some of those issues and these rising costs of living that's going on in Colorado Springs? Yeah, and that's a great question, too, because what we need to do, we need to make sure utilities gets back to its basic job, which is providing reliable, low-cost utilities, water and wastewater services. Those are the basics, and part of that is keeping it low-cost for our residents. Uh, now, as a mayor, uh, the mayor is ex officio of uh, the utilities board, so he does he's not a voting member, uh, but he gets to participate, ask questions, uh, and uh, I will make sure I'm asking the tough questions. Uh, the utilities has made decisions in the last several years uh, that I disagreed with. Uh, as a county commissioner, I went and I spoke at two of the town halls' public input meetings when they were discussing the Drake closures, and I opposed it. Uh, I said, you need to make decisions that uh, – moderate any rate uh, rate costs. And unfortunately, at the time, they said, and you can go back and look in newspapers, there's a one clear article that said uh, they did not expect utility rates uh, to go up more than 3 or 4% over the course of a decade. Well, we went up 30 to 40% in just last two years. These are things, decisions that people like me saw coming, just going to add costs. There were a lot of us who fought uh, the, the immediate closure of, of Drake. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, they didn't listen to us. And uh, they continue to make decisions such as utilizing your rate dollars, your ratepayer uh, funds to uh, pay for incentives uh, for businesses, for uh, non nonprofit uh, funding. Uh, you know, give that money back to the residents, you know, our, our ratepayers uh, with reduced rates. And, you know, it's going to help our housing uh, affordability issues, making sure utilities rates are lower. You know, how are we going to help our local businesses uh, compete and bring in new businesses, keep our rates low, our regulations low, and our fees low. Basic, good, conservative values that are going to, you know, help our community. Um, 
And then the one other thing I did see in the utilities that is really raising our rates uh, and hurting us is uh, they got involved in uh, competing with the private sector, right? The free market. Uh, they got involved in trying to expand broadband to the tune of $600 million. So that's passed along to the ratepayers. We're paying that in increased cost for them to lay new uh, uh, fiber that is competing with two new local uh, broadband companies who are doing this on their own. Why is CSU competing with other uh, other uh, uh, businesses doing the exact same thing? They should get out of that, give that money back to the people so that our rates will come back down. Wow. Well, thank you. We're going to take a brief time out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, stay with us. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Thanks for listening to Faith Family Fitness, a presentation of Full Armor Sports Teams. Teamwork is at the core of any successful organization. Full Armor Sports, led by national champion coach Jason Lupo, is now registering for school year sports programs. Full Armor is a multi-sport teaching and training organization with homeschool options available. All of Full Armor Sports coaches are certified and experts in their field. Full Armor's coaches combine for over 500 years of coaching experience. They will help your kids gain fundamental skills, the concepts of teamwork, essential to being successful throughout their lives. Multiple sports options are available now, from swimming, softball and volleyball, to powerlifting and youth MMA. The faith-based approach to making sports fun and productive are a great choice for your kids at Full Armor Sports Teams. Learn more at FullArmorSportsTeams.com. Welcome back to Faith Family Fitness. We are having a conversation with El Paso County Commissioner and mayoral candidate Lajinos Gonzalez. We just got done talking about utilities. I, I want to wrap up this conversation about utilities really fast because we had an initial date set in which we were going to close Drake and the city of Colorado Springs pushed to move it forward and forward and forward, despite the fact that rising costs of utilities and poor planning on the part of Colorado Springs utilities led to this disaster of 30 to 40% increases in utilities. How, how do we fix this? Uh, was kind of hard to fix when they didn't look like they actually had a plan in place. So with the early shutdown, and I think the original shutdown was supposed to be 2035. Uh, so they rushed that a full decade early uh, in terms of turning off the production and now transitioning with some uh, portable uh, generation uh, still there at the at the at Drake. Uh, they uh, uh, they did this in a way where instead of having replacement energy production uh, fully in place, uh, they're having to buy a lot of this on the market. And that's why you're seeing some of these increases because uh, it's not our own, uh, uh, it's not being replaced by our own local uh, generation. Uh, so when you go onto the market, uh, now you're paying market rate, which is higher than what we had before. Uh, so it wasn't a very good plan. Uh, again, I, I had opposed the, that the early shutdown uh, several years ago when I testified at the town halls uh, uh, when they were discussing this, I think three or four years ago. Uh, and so uh, we're seeing that well, the, uh, you know, the remnants of, of, of what happened, uh, decisions that have now increased rates locally just in two years, 30, 40 percent, uh, hurting all our families, hurting all our businesses. And so uh, we need to get a plan together to see how we can mitigate this as best possible. And as mayor, I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard. We've got the mayoral race and the city council races that are nonpartisan races. If you're not an educated voter, if you haven't gone out and looked this is why we have one of the most conservative counties in the country with still one of the most 
left-leaning liberal city councils that you could possibly have. Yeah, the last several years, the board has been a split, uh, either 5-4 conservative or uh, 5-4 progressive leaning. Uh, And until uh, recently, uh, when uh, Mr. Scorman left the board and and it changed changed, uh, the dynamics a little bit, uh, the last three and a half years, the board had been led by individuals that were Democrats or unaffiliated. We didn't have a a chair uh, for three and a half years uh, until the board dynamics left because one person resigned uh, from the, the, the council. So no, it's, it's not been a, as conservative as the board as it should have. Yeah. And I mean, this is the same city council that, by the way, vote had wanted to try to put a mass mandate in place before the state government did. And they actually brought up wanting to put in place a bag tax before the state government did. So, this is a city council that is so left-leaning, they're trying to move faster than the state is pushing some of these issues that I know most of our families and our listeners are unhappy about, like the 10-cent bag tax that was introduced in city council before it was even voted on in the state. So they were definitely trying to push an agenda to a certain point. Let's let's kind of talk about this left-leaning agenda mm-hmm. coming into our school system because we are one of the most... Uh, conservative counties and, and some of the things that are going on in our school districts would would get you to question, you know, just what is being taught in our schools? How, how do we ensure that our school system is teaching what schools are supposed to be teaching and not, you know, venturing into social justice and all this other stuff that's coming along? Yeah, and so uh, so after I retired from the military, so I did 20 years in the Air Force, retired as a lieutenant colonel, I came back to Colorado Springs, and uh, I was teaching. So I, I was a teacher, uh, middle school science, down in Harrison School District 2 on the south side. I still occasionally substitute teach, so I do see what's going on in our schools uh, before I got elected uh, county commissioner now. Uh, but again, I still get in classes, still want to be a mentor to that next generation so that they have some, uh, they can see somebody that's there with good, good conservative values, God, God-loving uh, person. Uh, and, and I do see it. Uh, uh, I was one of the few conservatives uh, in uh, in the school and in the school district, I think, at the classes I substituted in afterwards. Uh, and we need to make sure, again, like government, going back to the basics, make sure the schools are going back to the basics. They should be making sure that our students uh, are at adequate level and successful at our math, reading, science, you know, government, all our basics. Get back to that and then let our parents let our families, let our churches teach the things they're supposed to teach and be in charge of. Our parents should be involved in our, the education of our children, home and being very involved in how schools are run through our school boards and through the superintendents. Let's make sure that that voice is heard. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think that so oftentimes, right, like we have policies being put in place by much larger portions of government that then fall on Colorado Springs and, and our small little school districts to then have to implement and enforce given a national standard or a state standard, things and like that. And at the state level as well, ideas coming from a, a left-leaning uh, state legislature who's trying to drive these policies, progressive policies, mm-hmm. into our schools. And we need to make sure that we uh, provide a voice uh, that pushes back on that. So then as mayor, when we have some of this state stuff going on, how do you then protect the city and go, you know what, I, I, I know that you can't just straight up say, like, we're not going to follow the state law because that would be highly illegal at that point. But how, how do you fight against the next larger piece of the 
sure. the governmental pie. And I think that's something I've demonstrated at the county level. Uh, you can be a strong advocate and push back on some of these. Uh, I'm well-respected at the at the state level amongst our county's association, where we uh, we meet during the legislative process uh, uh, every other week and take positions for or against uh, or amend you know positions. Uh, and, and I'm one of the strongest voices uh, at the state level in helping push back on some of these bad bills that affect the county. The mayor's office can do the exact same thing. And I think that's something we've missed out on in the last several years, not having that voice fighting back against these bad bills, fighting back uh, when we had the COVID shutdowns. Everybody knows I was the most or second most uh Loudest voice fighting for our constitutional rights, fighting for our parents to get their students back in schools and uh, pushing back against shutdowns and mandates. Uh, and that's something the, the next mayor needs to be willing to do. Uh, and I will be willing to do that. And and I think uh, that, uh, you know, that's the kind of leadership that we need. And so you can have influence uh, at the city level, it can be th- more through the municipal league versus the county's state level. But there's a venue there to be a, an advocate for our residents pushing back on these overreach of government. Um, and then what some people don't realize, uh, the city of Colorado Springs is a home rule school, I mean, uh, uh, city. Uh, and so there are areas where, yes, the city can say they're not going to implement something. Now, it, some of that is limited, but uh, it's, a, it's a greater power than what the county has because we're not a home rule county, uh, but the city is. So we will utilize that any time it's available and we can push back on these bad bills. Uh, and then working with our school districts because anything that will be pushed back down to uh, school districts, school districts do not fall under the city government of county or the city. So uh, that's something we just have to work in collaboration with. Uh, and supporting our schools and supporting our parents and families. But uh, yeah, they need a strong advocate. I will be that strong advocate for our families and our uh, our youth. Well, and, and, and being an advocate is not, right, stepping over the line, appearing, you know, side by side with these left-leaning legislators and, and pushing the, the joint agenda. I think we've seen too much of this kind of centrist, mentality in a lot of the Republican Party, without naming any specific names, um, this kind of centrist thinking and ideals that has led to this kind of stagnant uh, nature of the diminishing the power that Colorado Springs, I think, truly has in the state, right? We're one of the largest cities. We are the second largest city. We are the largest county. So we need someone with good conservative values, uh, Again, I have a, a proven record of that conservative values. Uh, I'm a Sunday school teacher at my church. I'm a lecture reader at my church. I'm involved in all the type of activities that I can be for our community. Uh, and so I think I'm that trusted voice uh, and somebody that can be uh, an advocate for us here. But Colorado Springs is a community that should be one of the loudest voices in helping lead our state. And I think we've missed out on that opportunity the last several years, and we need to have that strong leader, that strong mayor that will fight for our community and can be that voice for Colorado Springs. So are you going to be the standout voice in El Paso County that says, hey, what you're doing is wrong. We encourage that, you know, these businesses continue to fight for fight for their business and stay open during a COVID pandemic, or we encourage these parents to continue to fight. I mean, what's going on in D49? We don't have time to talk about it. What's going on in D49 with Ivy Lou and D49 coming after the elected official that is just trying to defend our kids 
is horrifically wrong. Are you going to be that guy? No, I absolutely will be. And I think I've been showing that in the past. Uh, I was the voice when uh, we had these uh, state uh, and Governor Polis shutdowns. I was the one who asked the county to join a lawsuit. Uh, and it, it took a couple of weeks to get the, the staff and the uh, other commissioners to, to follow and, and approve it. But we did. We joined this lawsuit, pushing back on the state, and we won. Uh, because I am willing to step up and fight back on over any overreach willing to support our families, willing to support our youth, uh, willing to support and fight for our uh, community. And I think I've demonstrated that, uh, and I will do that. And, uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate some of the, uh, our leaders in these school districts are uh, the progressives are trying to step on them, and uh, we need to stand up for them. We need yep. to make sure we're defending our people who are just supporting our children, our families, and uh, defending our good conservative values. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lajinos Gonzalez. We are so excited to uh, to have you on the show and, and get uh, get some input on what's going on in our city. Thank you for joining us today on Faith Family Fitness. You can find this interview and the rest of our shows on faithfamilyfit.org. And remember, check out Full Armor Sports Teams so your kids have a place to call home and trusted adult leaders in their corner. Thank you. See you next Saturday at 9 a.m. This has been Faith Family Fitness with Coach Jason Lupo of Full Armor Sports Teams of Colorado Springs. Join him at the same time next week for Faith Family Fitness on The Word 100.7.